Good evening, welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, not in the lounge, on location. Today's guest, I first met today's guest I think back in the early 90s at Plymouth White Marsh High School. We were both in two different rock and roll bands coming up. My band was called Delta Nine, his band was called Phaser. He was the lead singer. He had such a butter voice, such a, a, a way of charisma playing that guitar. Uh, we played a bun bunch of Battle of the Bands together, you know, at one point, you know, it, it was like the healthy relationship of the Rolling Stones versus the Beatles. Everything felt good back then because there was no internet, there was no social media, and the only way to find out about new and exciting music was to actually come and watch the shows. And I feel like back then we really did a great job of performing for people and, you know, like putting on a spectacle. Uh, his band's name was Phaser. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Judah Kim. How are you, man? I'm good, Bob. How are you? It's good to be here in your home. Um, we're doing this Bobcast in anticipation of your new solo record, but we're going to get to that in just a bit. Let's talk about Phaser. Let's talk about Let's the talk beginning about Phaser. of just us in general, the, yeah. the Battle of the Bands. What Battle do you remember of, of Phaser? You know what? Like Now that you mention um, talking about really pulling it off live, it's it just... Uh, I know that both our bands worked really hard I know that from an early age, about 14 or so, like um, there was practice at my house every day, and I, I was very, very much like, "All right, this is the way it's got to be." And um, and yeah, we we were young kids, man. We really we really turned some heads, I think, when we mm -hmm. when we played. We were like what, 14, 15 I, years old? And, you know, that, that, like in hindsight, that was that was some really good, uh, not only just impressive, but also just a great learning experience about like how to run a band mm -hmm. and. And uh, just a reflection of our pa both of our passions for music too, because we were just you know, looking back, I, I was just so into it. Nothing yeah, really just was, I mean, just doing it. That's kind of, all, of yeah. rock and roll. Do you yeah, do you remember that battle of the bands? Which where one? It, it was the one where Delta Nine and then Phaser played, and I think Dave. Um, Dave Bowl. Dave Bowl. I think I know what you're. Who is you know like I haven't spoken about. to him in year i haven't yeah. seen him in, i don't yeah. even see him on facebook social media or anything but this guy was what like six four yeah he was very tall and he played bass for you guys right no he played guitar a guitar right yeah. yeah he played guitar um i do remember that actually yeah that was, was a that good high night. school yeah that was, i think that, that you, you guys won first at one second i didn't even care because it was just so much fun <laughs> to be up on a stage and to hear your your music like you know and a, and a big auditorium i did though it was it for me it was it was very important <laughs> i gotta say it was it was very important to win and because it was just like yeah music was music was like a, was passion but it was also like uh, victory too if you know what i mean it was totally. like it was yeah. totally about like getting somewhere accomplishing something mm -hmm. you know well, now things are different but like like i said it was just uh what a great beautiful time though a great time you know? in our lives yeah totally. did we we also played did you play Schaefer Fest? Right? Wasn't there like this like was, concert or something? I know it's it's a backyard thing, right? I was I was never there. But you were you were also playing there's so many different incarnations of bands back then. What was the yeah. band's name that yeah. They had all the expensive stuff and the equipment. Tripod. Tripod. Dude, who, <laughs> yeah. Who's in the band Tripod? Do you remember? Our first show was with a band called Tripod, and they were doing... Um, oh, you opened for them? Yeah. Okay, were, where was this See, at? it was funny. We, we were Plymouth White Marsh guys. We were public school guys, so we were like, we were like uh, 
we felt we like we were more street than them because they were Catholic school boys. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> like, and they like creep, right? Did they? they, were, no, they, they were, was it, creep was I out think then. I think it was uh, something. Pearl Jam was like their. They loved. I, it. If I remember correctly, it was like Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam. And Soundgarden, and, and those guys who were phenomenal musicians, and they, they mm-hmm. you know, John Salamone and, and uh, Nick, Nick Vicante. Are they still stuff. playing? Like what? They still do play. I think uh, John Salmon has his own band called the John Salmon. Oh, that's band. right. That's yeah. right. That's They're right. great songwriters. But back then, it was, it, I remember that sort of rivalry then, too. It was like, yeah, we're more street because we're public school. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> so, I know, but, but know, that, was, like, that was our first gig. That was our first gig. We And uh, we opened for them. And I remember that they, uh, it was in Norristown, they had like a, um, oh, an army Carmel? of guitars. The Mount Carmel, Carmel Club? Club. Yeah. yeah. Did you mm-hmm. play that with us as well? I never played there. I sold the Grimjacks, another band that we, okay. were, we were in complete competition with, an older <laughs> senior band. And they hated me. Let's get into the story real quick here on the Bobcast. Maybe you remember it. Okay, so it's 1994, and uh, I think it's in the middle of the school year. There's two different bands that are older. There's Plump Timmy and God Farm. Both <laughs> yes. these guys are you know, at least three years older than me, and the one band was called Plump Timmy, and the lead singer's name was Joe Lee. And um, in pencil, might I add, I wrote in the bathroom, right next to the stall, Plump Timmy sucks. <laughs> they were so angry, man. Yeah. It, it was in pencil, but I do recall them coming down from their cafeteria seven all the way down to the nine ten cafeteria side, and like they all came down, like you know, in their jackets, and like they were angry. I think Steve Schaller was there as well. <laughs> I never forget it. I thought like, oh man, I'm gonna get my ass beat. Um, what's next? And I never forget what Joe Lee said. Joe, Joe Lee said to me like. You know, he's upset about me writing Plump Timmy Sucks, and he said, you know, who do you think you are, Kurt Cobain? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think about it sometimes, I was like, yeah, I guess I did, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I said what I, I meant, you know, and maybe it was part of that, you know, rivalry or, like, a competition or being just pure jealous, but, <clears> I mean... Being in a band in the early '90s was an extremely important thing for both you and I. And absolutely, and you know, I think a lot of it was, was just age too. And I, and I laugh at this stuff now, but it was some serious stuff. That whole jealousy competition. Thing. It was serious. We, we both learned some things. I remember being, I remember having being accused for having a lead singer's disease. LSD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, I take I take away from that just learning too. Like mm-hmm. you know, I probably did do that too, I remember like yeah, arrogant I, kid you know like 14 mm-hmm. years old playing guitar it's like Phaser's the best band in the world or at least having that mentality you know did the name Phaser come from the pedal I think so I actually <clears throat> if I remember correctly I didn't I didn't even remember that there was a pedal then I didn't even own a Phaser pedal or anything it just was like you know what that's cool yeah that's right because I don't <laughs> think I remember having you yeah. play with the I had that pedal the green one yeah the two phases on it, like phase one phase two yep. and like, it sounded like you know mm-hmm. you really couldn't even do anything with it live right. boss was boss back then but yeah we had a great time growing up and then you know we graduated high school and then we started going off into different directions with our, our musical careers um, for me, I think I graduated high school, I was 98, and then I went on to college. When I graduated college, I moved straight out to Los Angeles, California with my band Downtown Harvest. Um, at the time, Judah and his brother Ben were living not too far in Los Feliz. And, well, actually, no, I didn't move there first with the band. I came out with Drew Reed, did you read Drew, for a whole summer. And here on the Bobcast, mm-hmm. I'll thank you for letting me... Staying in your house on my Aero mattress for what it felt like a whole that. summer. Yeah, we ate kimchi, say. we played <laughs> poker, we had a great time. Poker, yeah, we had a lot of Texas Hold'em. What was the name of that apartment yeah. complex? Do you remember? Um, 
I think it was Los Feliz Village. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. It was a pool. God, it was great. <laughs> right next to the golf course, like over yep. there. That's right. But um, California was a, a big part for us, uh, also as musicians. It just We just found ourselves there. Um, after I lived with, Ju- uh, with Judah and Ben and Drew, um, I guess it was the following year I moved out with Downtown Harvest. And you were also at that time playing out there with Stone Throne. Yeah, that's when I started uh, Stone Throne, actually. It was probably 2005. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the birth of Stone Throne. <clears throat> Stone Throne. So I, I like you, I went, to, I went to school in Boston, college in Boston. Then after college, I graduated. I got a job in L.A. doing post-production work for um, various television shows. Our, our company got a lot of jobs for ABC, some cable stuff. And it was my job to put like sound clips together for visual clips, and it was very tedious. And I learned a lot about uh, recording and engineering, and I, I still take a lot of those skills and I use them today. But I was 22 years old, yep. you know, and I was and and you know still had like a really big ego and wanted to get songs off my chest. Plus, I was living in California, yeah, you know, Los Angeles, California, Hollywood, mm-hmm. right down the street. I lived right below Griffith Park. You were recording right by Griffith Observatory too, exactly, which is. Right where there, the yeah. Greek theater is. The Greek theater is up the street. There are all these concerts coming. I'm 22 years old. Um, I'm like sitting behind a computer desk and I'm like, no, no. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is, you know, and that's, that's kind of where I was, that's where I was like, I'm, I'm going to play music. Yeah. You know, I, I was just like, I'm going to play music. I'm going to write music and, and make this thing happen. And that's where Stone Throne, um, that's, that's kind of the birth of Stone Throne in my mind, if you will. Sitting at that desk. Yeah, and then my brother came out. Um, right about the time you came out, I think. About like a couple months yeah. later. Yep, I was, yeah. So we, we planned we got some guys together via Craigslist and Yeah, what was uh, that one that, what was the band. one guy's name from Studio City where we used to go play cards up there? Justin? Yeah. Our first drummer, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember those gigs. We did a couple gigs together at this but we did one that was really great at Molly Malone's. Uh, we do we would do the melting pots, remember the the series? I don't remember that. Yeah, you play with us, yeah. Melting pot. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we did like a couple, we tried to play as many gigs as we could possibly together out there. It was difficult. We lived not too far from you. Yeah. Um, you recorded the first album there, though, right? When did the first Stone Throne album come out? The first Stone Throne album came out actually when we returned from Los Angeles. But we, we had recordings recorded out in LA. We had an EP. Yeah, where'd you do the recording at again? It was at Sea Sound Studios yep. in LA. I remember that. Yeah. I remember getting the disc. Yeah, it was an orange lava disc. How many how many different <laughs> players were in Stone Throne? Different players coming in. Oh yeah. man, we had um, we had several several guitars like from two thousand five to two thousand twelve. Like we had mm-hmm. we had a lot. I mean, just the drummers too. Mm-hmm. But it was always me and my brother. You know, it was always me and mm-hmm. you know we always I always wanted to maintain that relationship not only musically but just as my you know as your brother. brother. Yeah. It's you fun know. artistically. Yeah. You had to work together. Ben has a really good feel, I guess, on the bass. I don't think anybody plays a better bass with a pick. In my opinion, he's one of the he's one of the most talented people I know. Mm-hmm. He wrote the baseline for Killer Queen B, one of the most popular downtown Harvest songs. Props to him on that. Yeah. So Stone Throne, you know, we 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 all know the story here on the podcast. Downtown Harvest moves out. You guys move back too as well. Then we start hitting up uh, like we're doing like the Grape Room. We're doing Jackson series. We did the um, CD release party. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. The local live. Is that what the one with the Moxie? Did the Moxie play after you? Oh, oh, for so, that's yeah, that's when our first record came out, and it was World Cafe Live, and the Moxie was there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it was, we did we did a lot when we came back to Philly. We, we got, did. We got yeah. you know with with your assistance too. I, I mean, we got some really good radio play, mm-hmm. and 
um, and then we were playing some really important emerging festivals too and then our songs got licensed to television it got, got pretty far I worked with Henry Hirsch who did right. Lenny Kravitz's catalog and just did a lot of, of great stuff up until about 2012 what was the name of that Australia Shredda Shredication. Shredication, right? Yeah, it's like it was surfboard skating show it, or something? It was, uh, yeah, it was an opportunity. They said, submit your music to be, you know, to get on this television show. Mm-hmm. And I submitted about six of our songs off that first Stone Throne record. And, uh, and I got an email like months later saying, oh, this has been accepted. And I got an email for each one. And I was like, whoa, six of these songs. So not only went out to that, but then that was just the beginning. Went out to this show, Shredication. And now it's like on ABC, it's on 90210, it's uh, on Geordie Shore, which is a spin-off of, of Jersey Shore mm-hmm. in the UK, like a lot of different, you know, thanks to that. So it's been really, really cool. Yeah, that's what's really, up. Really cool. I remember. Very uh, grateful for Did you get that through Sonic Bids? Sonic Bids, yeah. Yeah, the Sonic Bids still exist. Sonic Bids. Yes, they, still they, they do. They do. Dude, what a money maker, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Give us money so we can help you yep. get famous. Mm-hmm. And like what they would bid on festivals, they would do like all sorts of stuff. Like I, that's right, festivals. I don't know how I feel about that now. Looking at it now, like, how, I mean, like you know how tough it is to share music with people. Like, yeah. do you feel as if kids have any perception of? Here's, I mean, I know what to. I know now, sort of what to look for in terms of opportunities like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it is almost um, if you're a kid who's just starting out, you might be um, deceived if it's one of those opportunities like. Uh, Columbia Records is scouting new bands mm-hmm. for a record deal. You mm-hmm. know, right there, that's kind of just like, all right, that in my mind is probably not the best deal to go for, especially if you're just starting out, you don't have a big following. You know, you, nowadays you have to have like your own buzz in order for people to look at you. And I think um, people don't understand that. They just, they still have the mentality that, okay, I'm just going to get signed because my music's good. Yeah. I mean, you, you, in, there's, there's more of a marketing and there's more work to do before you actually should expose yourself to that. So what you kind might. of um, like advice would you give somebody who's like 15 years old now? Well, starting off in their garage, thinking that they're going to be the next. You know, I, it's write great music as always. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. It's not easy, but write great music, and uh, um, and then that's 50 percent of the battle. Make a great record. Yep. 50 percent of the battle. Have great photos, and then market yourself, which is the other 50 percent. It's true. Yeah, Marketing definitely. is tough in today's world because there's so many different outlets for yeah. it. Invest your creative energy in your music and also in your marketing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, Stone Throne, you know, uh, came to an end and then recently mm-hmm. you decided to put a batch together of new songs. Yes. And come out as your own solo artist. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody uh, here in the Bobcast universe what we can expect from this upcoming album. I've been promoting heavily yes, you have. to, uh, you know, get people aware of the fact that you're giving away five hundred dollars if you download the album. Like you know, like we're you know, get in the game, people. Where are you? That's great. So That's tell great. us about Thank this so new much, this new CD. This new CD is called My Favorite Shuffle. It's comprised of five different songs. You know, I thought when I was going into this that I was going to make a uh, full release, about ten songs. But then I decided, you know what? You know, today, from my perception of of interaction with younger kids as I do teach music as well is that not everybody listens to full-length records like no. um, I'll be teaching let's say a, a Shin song or something and people are like, oh, I love the Shins and then I'll look at their iPod they have like two three songs from them mm-hmm. and so the whole idea of a shuffle in my mind was like it would be a good mix mm-hmm. and it'll be a small representation of 
different songs that I can do. The entire if I were to sum it up in one genre, I would I don't think I'd be able to because each song is is different. There's like a British Invasion song. There's like a sh- with like Strokes kind of guitar, and mm-hmm. then there's like a country folk song, and then there's like a ethereal cinematic song, and then there's like a funk classical song, and then there's like a Beatles Abbey Road type song. Mm-hmm. I guess it's all rock generally, but it's it's definitely mixed, and that's the whole concept for the shuffle. Now, I have this thing where if um, if you buy the record, then your name gets entered into a drawing, and you can win $500. June 25th, I'm going to pick one random winner if I reach the uh, 125 download. Where can they download the album? You can download the album at cdbaby.com slash cd slash Judah Kim. We'll have that all written down for people here. I mean, get in the game. For God's sake, $500 can buy a lot of groceries. That's right. Maybe not at Whole Foods, but you know what I mean? Like, if ShopRite, you can come out looking like a winner. It's rent you know money, I mean? too, or car so, um, daycare. Yeah, rent, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Keep going. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> did you do all the recording yourself? I did. I, you know, like I said, I went to music school. I got a degree in, in recording engineering, so I put that to use. I have a project studio called Scarlet Oak Sound. Or, mm-hmm. Played on all the record. I sang on all the record, and I um I had a I had a female vocalist on one track, a drummer on one track, and I had one of my nephews play keys on one track too. Nice. So, from the shuffle, right now for the podcast listeners, which track would you like to play? This uh, we'll play. Uh, Why don't you shake that beautiful thing? Here on Don't you shake that beauty? 
right back here with Judah Kim on the Bobcast Network. That song's fantastic, by the way. Thank you very it much. It makes me just want to, you know, go out and just buy things, you know, download things and get involved. Uh, June 25th, uh, the raffle will be going down. I guess you're going to announce it in, in the glorious fashion on Facebook or well, social I'm gonna, media? I'm going to email the winner directly, mm-hmm. and then, um, yes, I'm going to post a video of me picking the winner. Nice. Yeah. And... Um, this summer, um, a couple gigs coming up. You're going to do one with us as well. That's right. August 7th will be the CD release of my favorite shuffle. That's right. The top of the world party at Whole Foods. We got Pacquiao. We got Montage. We got Gorgeous Porch. And we got Judah Kim, his CD release party. Come on up. It's $5 all ages. Kids can get in for free. I know it starts a little later than most people, you know, people are like, oh, it's bedtime. So this time we're going to start at 8 instead of 9. Bring the kids out, get some soft tacos, get some fish tacos. Have a drink, admire the view. So, um, putting this new album out, you're also going to be doing, I guess, a couple music videos. You said tomorrow you're also going to be doing, you know, a photo shoot. Yeah. And um, kind of like we're both on the same path. Whereas, like you know, my band Pocket Dial is, um, you know, I have other members in it, but I kind of I'm like the Trent Renzer of that group. You know, mm-hmm. doesn't it feel good to just be in control of the whole situation? Um, yes, it does. Right? Just being like, in what, how, how does that make you, like, you've been in the collaborative process as well with band members, but now that you're doing it on your own, what do you see the big difference is? The bi- well, here's the thing. All right, so I've always written the music for Stone Throne, and um, uh, I just don't work well with other people, honestly. When it comes to music, like, so, yeah. I, I, it was always like... It could be, it could it was always a little frustrating, like, all right, this is how I want the song to sound, but, you know... You can't, you know, it's not healthy to just be like, all right, this is my way or the highway. I mean, it's the band. You had people, it's relationships, it's um, people putting their, like, as you say, collaboration, their their stamp on on your songs. And that's that's what being in a band's about. And and, uh, so, yes, exactly. Like you say, it's, as a solo artist, it's it's much easier to... um, to see your ideas come to full vision in your the ones that you have in your head for for your songs. But at the same time, now it's like now I have to put a band together for the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, marketing is a little more difficult because let's say you have five people in a band, right? They can post on five different news feeds, whereas if you're one person, you're posting on one news feed. True. Yeah, and spreading the word. You know, it's a, it's always going to be a battle back and forth. You know what I mean? But I do enjoy the the music. Um, we just heard a track from the album, but here um, today we're actually going to hear a live song. That's right. A live acoustic mm-hmm. version. Uh, what song are you going to do? This is um, track number two off my favorite shuffle called Watching Ships.
back here at the Bobcast Studios. That was a fantastic live rendition. You can hear it live August 7th. Also, you know, get yourself involved with this thing. Download the album, The Shuffle. You know, get yourself 500 bucks. Where can they get this information one more bucks. time? Where can they Where can they find out more about Judah Kim Music? Facebook.com slash Judah Kim Music. Yes, we'll put the links here. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing. I, I can't wait to see what you do for The Shuffle, your videos. I can tell you, you know, you spent some time with the arrangements, you know, the background stuff and your signs and the guitars in the background so I look forward to you know and hopefully maybe we can do the jump off together just promote get everybody aware of the download coming out get yourself involved come out to the show uh, Judy you've been a friend uh, of mine for a long time uh, I'm happy that you're putting out new music I'm uh, excited for you I can't wait to see tomorrow's uh, photos yeah thanks um, yeah, for a lot of work I mean it, it wasn't I mean I, I gotta say I, I had a lot of help with this too I mean, mm-hmm. Had a, a good friend, um, help me this, uh, his name's Mark, Mark Warnes. He's, yes. been, uh, he's been filming us the whole time here as well. Yeah, he's been doing that, he's been really hustling. Hustling. And, and really making this, uh, well, you know, making this work as well. Musicians need help, you know what I mean? It's a blessing, man. It's, it's a really blessing to have somebody to take care of you. Thanks a lot, man, for, for being you. here and, and filming uh, this. Um, check him out online, look forward to the show. This has been another episode of Bobcast.